The next heading is warning against walking after the flesh. Verses 5 through 8. And hopefully in this one we'll be able to see a little bit clearer what walking after the flesh is. Uh, verse 5. For they who are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. The thrust of the entirety of Paul's dissertation is to the believer which portrays the struggle between the flesh and the spirit and how that the believer is either in one or the other or somewhere in between. Now, I personally, just based off of context and everything, remember the chapter right before Romans chapter 8 is Romans chapter 7 where Paul has the desire to do the right thing but he finds he does the wrong thing. Paul is doing in his own efforts, trying to live for God, trying to get victory over sin, not give in to temptation, all these different things to live for God, be faithful, all the things that come with me. Paul's trying to be like Christ on his own, through his own efforts, his own willpower, everything, and he's finding he is failing. So, that's what the chapter right before Romans 8 portrays. So, therefore, Paul has to be talking about that when he talks about the flesh. It makes sense. It's in context, it makes sense. Flesh is the portion of us that has not yet been submitted to the processes of God. The process of God is faith and grace. That's the only process of God, faith and grace. Faith in the cross of Christ, which gives us grace. Those who are trusting themselves are always thinking about what they can or can't do, what they should and should not do. The Greek has it, for those who are habitually dominated by the flesh, put their mind on the things of the flesh. If someone is living by the law, their mind is constantly on those things. If they are doing well in their checklist, mm -hmm. then they are on a high and view themselves as great and right with God and pleasing to God. If they are failing, they say, I'll do better next time. Give me one more chance. God, the focus is on self and performance. Remember I told you that if someone's walking out in the flesh, you can tell. If you, if you understand what the flesh is, you can tell. Because one of the things that they'll do is uh, they'll have a certain thing that they can or can't do in their life, and you have to do it too. Yeah. <laughs> and if you don't, yeah. <laughs> well, you are. You are not right with God, or you're just not as close to God as you think you are. Deceived in their own mind. Yeah, yeah, Colossians actually paints a beautiful picture of some fleshly, what, what, some, someone walking out of the flesh. And to us, it seems so good. But to God, not so good. I'm going to go to Colossians because I just really like that book. <laughs> Colossians 1, 
Colossians chapter 2, verse 8 says, Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after the traditions of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. So that means that the way that the Holy Spirit chose to word it, that man can spoil another man through philosophy, which is not of God, vain deceit, which is not of God, traditions of men, which is not of God, rudiments of the world, which is not of God. Well, how can you say that's not of God? Because after that it says, and not after Christ. So which means none of those things are after Christ. They're opposite of. And it says, beware lest any man spoil you through those things. Spoil means rob from you. You know, what would they rob? They'll rob the freedom, the joy, the victory that you have in Christ. They'll rob you of that. Verse 16, let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of an holy day or of the new moon or of the Sabbath days, which are a shadow of things to come. But the body is of Christ. Let no man beguile you of your reward in a voluntary humility. I'll just tell you right now, we, we'd be deceived by that so fast because it looks great to us. A voluntary humility. It's not demanded of them. Voluntary Terry humility can refer to self-abasement. Oh no, 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 no. I do not eat certain things. No, no, no. I do not go here. Now it's one thing if you just do it because you want to do it. But to do it, to say that you do it to be closer to God. No, 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 you, no, no. That's a voluntary humility. You put that on another man. What the scripture says is that you will beguile that man of their reward. And worshiping of angels. Well, hello, Mormons. He said, well, you can't, that's what the Bible says. I, whether we hurt people's feelings or not, that's what the Bible says. An angel, Paul himself said, if an angel come to you with another gospel, by the way, the worshiping of angels just basically pertain to a Gnostic teaching. The Gnostic teaching is a false teaching claimed man could not go directly to God through Jesus Christ. 
but rather must, must reach after God through successive grades of intermediate beings, i.e. angels. Well, these books were written back in the day. They're, they don't even apply to what we face today. Oh, I'm sorry. We don't face that today? That nobody faces that in any other religion? That we cannot go directly to God. We do not have access directly to Him. We have to go through another, whether angel or a man. Uh, that's not what that's not what this says. That definitely says that that will actually beguile you of your reward, and it's a voluntary humility, and it fools us because it sounds great. Well, I, you know what? I'm just not good enough to go directly to God. I, I've got to. Why don't you just say what you really are saying, which is that the cross of Christ is not enough? What you just did is you just backhanded God. Whether you intended to or not. Well, God sees my heart. He sure does. <laughs> you, you just told God that the cross of Christ is not enough. And he's not confused. That's what the scripture says though. And then after it says, intruding into those things which he has not seen, vainly puffed up by his what mind? Flesh. Because humility, a voluntary humility, makes us feel good about himself. Well, look what I'm willing to do for God. Right, exactly, right. And we said, no, that's not my intent. Mm -hmm. Look what I'm willing to give up for the Lord. I'll fast 30 days for Jesus. <laughs> for the work of the Lord, I'll fast 30 days. That's how much I love God. Well, man, praise God, man. And another innocent uh, innocent brother or sister. Man, praise man, I, 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 I went two days and I... Oh man, I I'm must not be good enough. Man, they're better than me. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> the ground is level at Calvary. Yes, it In Christ, we're the same. That's it. Perfect righteousness, perfect righteousness, perfect righteousness. Equal. Same boat, just as lost. Yeah, but yeah, but nothing. This way or no way. This way or your own way. Your choice. Yeah, but and what we do is we wound a brother or a sister. Which Christ actually says, you do it to him. <clears throat> That's what he said. I can't tell you where, but I know it says it. Yeah. There you go. You make him stumble. 
You make a child in the faith and forget earthly age here. I'm talking about a child in the faith, a newborn again believer. And they're so glad to be saved. My goodness, they just suck. The whole world's changed. And then they come, praise God. And then Sister Big Hair, <laughs> who is religious as all get out, says, well, that's good that you saved, sweet pea. Praise God. Praise God you saved. Amen. Hallelujah. You saved. We glad you're here at the church. We're so glad to be here. You're just so adorable, born again, believe. Amen. Have you been water baptized yet? <laughs> you know her personally? <laughs> <laughs> this is off the cuff. Just checking. Not a real person. This is not a real person. Yeah, not a real person. She sounds familiar. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'll see you. I'll see you. <laughs> If you want to really, then I'm, right now I'm being sister, big hair, but you need to wear long dresses. No makeup. You can't be wearing yes, them earrings. Uh -uh. You can't be wearing them earrings. You say, praise God, but that's not enough. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to get you into heaven. Yeah. Oh, big hair just saying. Sister Big Hair. <laughs> Sister Big Hair just made a child in the faith stone. Right. Right. Because Sister Big Hair living by law and she's so deceived, but she thinks she's mature. She thinks she's a mature believer. But yet the only thing that she's doing is being a Pharisee and putting more weight. More weight, more weight, and doesn't lift a finger to help because she can't help herself. But yet, make bricks. Come on, But I'm not giving you any straw. Make bricks. Meet the quota. That's how we act in church. Meet the quota. Yes, need to meet the quota this week. And we ourselves lost all of our freedom that we had in Christ. Mm -hmm. yeah. We should be coming into the house of God yeah. full mm -hmm. of the Holy Ghost and power. Yeah. Just walking in. I'm washed by the blood of the Lamb. I'm clothed in His righteousness. My Lord did. But didn't He blow it this week? I sure did blow it. And I repented right after. And the blood of Jesus was faithful enough to cleanse me again and again and again. And I still have what He didn't take from me was the robe of righteousness and the ring on my finger. Did you meet Quarter? <laughs> In Christ, I've met every thing. I'm complete in Him. I love Colossians. Sometimes we we do it what you just described out of ignorance. 
because we're ignorant ourselves. We don't really know. And I was thinking about that. I've probably done it. I've heard it so often. A brand new believer, somebody gets saved, and they ask a question that oftentimes new believers do. So what do I do now? What happens now? And it's like, we're stuck. We don't know what to tell them now. And so we sing the first, say the first thing that comes to our head, which is, well, just, you know, just read your Bible every day. Uh, read your Bible and pray and, and come to church and do your best to live for God. And we're not actually like, we're not actually trying to be religious there and put a stumbling block. We just don't know what to say. So we just throw that out there. Yeah. And we're actually doing just exactly, ignorantly yeah. maybe, but we're doing exactly what yeah. you just described. Yeah. We're actually throwing a stumbling block at that new believer yeah. because instead of telling them, just, just, keep, your, <laughs> just keep your faith That's firmly it. in the object of Christ and what he's done yes. for you and keep learning about what he has done for you, just keep growing in that and I'm going to be here to help you do that and we're going to grow together. Instead of doing that, yeah. We put something on them, right. and the next thing you know, that new believer is is discouraged yes. because yeah. they're not able to come to church as much as they they like. They find themselves in a battle that they're losing, yeah. and they begin to lose the object of their faith and question their whole salvation. Yeah. I can't do this, and then they walk away. And how confusing is that? Because at salvation, they tell you. You don't have to do anything. All you have to do is believe on Jesus. That's Wrong. all. Many people preach the salvation message perfectly. And all you have to do is believe in Jesus and you are saved and you're in heaven. And then 20 seconds after it, we're like, okay, but now you got to pick up this Bible and make sure you have the right translation. Make sure you pray right into your house. Like, they are like, what? You just told me all I had to yeah. do was believe on Jesus Christ and what he did at the cross. And then in this same, like, in the same church service, y'all are telling me now, how confusing is that to new yeah. believers? Yeah, what we're saying is the way you get in is by faith. However, alone. But once you get in, you gotta stay in. You gotta make sure you're good. Yeah. Once you get in, now, praise God, now that you're in, yeah. we just look yeah. like a squirrel. <laughs> You stay in by faith, you grow by faith, you get sanctified. That's it. Sanctified by faith, you get glorified by faith. Just rest on the solid rock. What about when I fell? Rest on the solid rock. What about when I blow it? I mean, you heard me. I said the solid rock. Yes. Amen. Well, what about when I blow it? I'm going to just ease your whole mind. I'm going to make this a lot easier. You mean when you blow it? <laughs> I don't want to just, I'm bust that bubble. You're going to blow it. Yeah. Bubba, sister, you're going to blow it. You're going to absolutely blow it. I'm just going to tell you the truth. You're going to go the wrong way sometimes. You're going to step out of God's will sometimes. You're going to blow it. I'm going to blow it. But he 
is faithful and just what he started. My dad's favorite verse. He is faithful to complete that which he has started. Well, how do I stay in if I blow it? You keep believing in the finished work of Calvary. Faith. You got in with faith, you stay in with faith. Amen. You mean to tell me, I mean to tell you, throw the stupid scroll checklist away. Yes. Yes. Faith. I'll make it real easy for you. Faith. One thing. Faith. That's it. Faith in what Christ has done. The problem is we take faith and we start applying it to self. Yeah, mm -hmm. you're right. Mm -hmm. Faith. Oh, you're faith right. to believe God. No, yeah. faith in Calvary. That's it. Yeah. If you if you take faith and put it in something else, it's the wrong object. You're right. Mm -hmm. The right object is Christ and what He did at Calvary. That's it. Place your faith right there. Well, no, I'm going to put my faith in the fact that I, you know, love God. If you do that, you're going to blow it. You're, you're going to end up just like Peter. Because that's what Peter's faith was in. Peter's faith was in his self. Right. Well, all of these may leave you, Lord, but not I. Yeah. What was he really saying? I love you more than all of them. I wouldn't leave you because I love you the most. What did he do? He blew it. He blew it. And he told me he was going to blow it. He told me he was going to blow it because his faith was in himself. And he blew it. And he was crushed. Him and Judas committed the same sin. The problem was Judas didn't believe. And he prayed. Peter blew it. But at the end. Peter, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat. But I pray for you that you don't blow it. Oh no, that's not what he said. I pray for you that your faith fail not. Peter, and at the end, Peter blew it. But his faith didn't and because his faith didn't yes. fail, he was restored. And then he preached the first yes. message yes. on the day of Pentecost. Yes. And the 3,000 souls that died in the Old Testament, yes. 3,000 were saved yes. in the New Testament. Yes. Yeah, but he blew it. Yeah, he did. But the cross happened. Yes. But the cross, the cross, the cross, the cross. You are going to blow it. But what will never fail is Calvary. Praise God. If you blow it as much as me, you'd be happy right now. <laughs> okay, okay, let's hurry up. If someone is walking after the flesh, which is anything other than faith in the finished work of Calvary, then the next thing that will take place in their life is a revived sin nature. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
And they will be stuck in a Roman 7 lifestyle. They want to do the right thing, but they're doing the wrong thing. The word mind, in the Greek, you see it on your handout. It means to exercise the mind or have a sentiment or opinion. They are simply believing a way other than the finished work of Calvary. And lack of faith, I'm sorry, and lack faith in Christ and what he has done. They do not believe it is enough. The next part. But they who are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. Those who are after the Spirit dwell on the things of the Spirit. The Spirit constantly points to the person of Jesus. Yes. And what he did for you at, by, and through <coughs> Calvary. It is a mindset and a way of life. <clears throat> Being a believer and having the object of your faith as cross of Calvary is a lifestyle. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Preaching the cross is a lifestyle. Teaching the cross is a lifestyle. Believing the cross is a lifestyle. Walking after the cross is a lifestyle. Yeah. If I read the word of God, it comes alive because the only thing I can't wait to see is Calvary. I can't wait to see Calvary and everything that I read, I know it's there. Because from Genesis 1-1 to... To the end of the book yeah. is all about Christ mm -hmm. and Calvary. Yes, I can't wait to find it. And when I find it, you'll mm -hmm. get so happy. Yeah. I tell my wife, hold my mule. <laughs> <laughs> the actual Greek word for after should have been translated dominated. But they that are dominated by the Spirit, the things of the Spirit, is constantly on their mind. And the Spirit always points to Christ yes. and the cross. Yes. Jesus said that in John. We're not going to go any further. Jesus said that in John. The Gospel of John, he told his disciples that he would send another comforter and he would take that which is of me and show it to you. Yeah. Yeah. The Holy Spirit has come to take what Christ has done and reveal it to us, energize it in our hearts and our lives. That's why if somebody sings a song about the cross, the Holy Spirit moves. Because that's what He's here for. If you preach a message that's cross-centered, you talk, you preaching the cross, the Holy Spirit's going to move. Yeah. You're not preaching the cross, the Holy Spirit ain't moving. <coughs> you might get emotional responses from people. But emotional response is not the Spirit of God. Some people say that, man, you know, in a, in a people that grew up in church, 
they say that they hear a gospel song and it gives them chills, and then they hear a secular song and someone that can, is very talented and can sing. They're like, man, I get the same feeling. That's just you. That's not the Holy Spirit. That's just you. Some people sing really good and it gives you chills because they can sing really good. That's not the anointing of the Holy Spirit. They just tell it. And someone can also not have the most beautiful voice in the world. They not. They may not be able to blow you away with their talent singing-wise, but they're anointed to do it. Yeah. And when they sing, the Spirit of God yeah. begins to move. You sing the cross, the Holy Spirit is going to move. Yeah. You preach the cross, the Holy Spirit is going to move. You sing anything else, He will not move. Right. You preach anything else, He will not move. Right. You walk after the flesh in your daily life, you will not have the help of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, that's true. You walk after the Spirit, which is just faith in Christ and the mm -hmm. cross, you will find the help of the Holy yeah. Spirit every step of the way. Yeah. Every yes. breath, He will be there helping. Yeah. Praise God, that's what I need. I heard this song when I was in Bible college. I heard it in my life. You guys have all heard this song. And uh, it hit me just like a ton of bricks. I mean, it was, it was just an on-time song for me. And I've just fell in love with it ever since. And I think it's appropriate for the end of this class. I actually haven't thought about it in a while, but earlier today it hit me. And the song, I think the Holy Spirit put it on my heart. Uh, the song is uh, actually He Looked Beyond My Faults. Oh, Amazing grace, shall always be our song of praise. For it was grace that bought my liberty. I do not know. Just how he came to love me, to love me so. He looked beyond all my faults and saw my need. I shall for forever lift my eyes to to view the cross where Jesus died for me. How marvelous the grace that called my falling soul. He looked beyond all my faults and saw my need. If not for grace, my soul would be a drifting ship. 
with no safe harbor from the angry waves. But Calvary's cross shines brightly through the darkest storm. And just in time, His mercy rescues me, and I shall forever lift my eyes to Calvary to view the cross where Jesus died for me. How marvelous a race that caught my falling soul. I'm thankful. He looked beyond all my faults and saw my need. We have many faults. And he looked beyond every single one because he saw our need. Calvary. Calvary. 